we're going to, um, I'm going to teach on Psalm 91 this morning, but the team wrote a song on this psalm. Most of the psalms were songs, and they learned the words, and they learned to sing these to help them to fight their battles, and to help them to have faith, and to help them to have courage. And so we're going to learn these songs, and you're going to help all of us with a live event. This summer, we're going to do a live event recording, and you're going to be in it, so you've got to learn these songs. So we're all coming back in the summertime. It's going to be a live event, video. Okay, so start, you know, pumping some weights. Video, and um, get some new clothes. And it's going to be a great, but you've got to learn the songs. You've got to learn the words. And this is a great opportunity for you. So Psalm 91, I'm going to teach on, but they wrote a song on this. And here's some of the words to it. I can hear the enemy... There's no doubt that he is speaking lies. And you will hear the enemy speak to you, and it won't be truth. It will be falsehood. I can feel the sorrow's pain. The enemy comes to increase your regret. Your heavenly Father comes to take away all your sorrow and all your pain. And there's no doubt it lasts throughout the night. And when do you have most of your trouble? At night. At night's when the enemy just stirs this up. But God is fighting for you. Your shield is strong enough for arrows. All comes right out of Psalm 91. Your angels are covering me. Your wings are wide enough to shadow. Your army is fighting for me. And so I've asked them to come out, just sing the chorus a little bit, and help us to learn this. We're going to sing the whole thing at the end of of the sermon today. Um, Do you guys need any help with this song? Do you need me to sing with you? Uh, I got you covered, bro. Well, if you need, he hasn't passed the audition. I don't know. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Sing I mean, us, a, sing us the chorus a little bit. What they want. Oh, Kurt, you're so funny. Um, we wrote this song in California together as a team. We were inspired by nature and reading through the scripture. One cool thing is that Danita and Kurt had their children learn Psalm 91 as kids. So as we're reading through this, Lisette's just kind of in the library hanging out and reading through the scripture and Ethan's saying the whole thing. How do you know all this? <laughs> Bro, how do you know this whole psalm? And it's because he had memorized it as a kid. And it was really cool because we're just sitting there and playing on the piano. Hans is there and Lisette just starts singing, your shield is strong enough for arrows. And I knew instantly that was the pre-chorus. So this is Psalm 91. We'll teach it to you. We want you to get it in your head, get it in your heart. We want this to be a song that um, is a catalyst for truth in your life. I can hear the enemy There's no doubt that he is speaking lies You have to remember, they're just lies That's it I can feel the sorrow's pain There's no doubt it lasts throughout the night With the joy of the Lord, the promise is that it comes in the morning your shield is strong enough for arrows. Your angels, they're covering me. Ooh. Your wings, they're wide enough to shadow. Your army is fighting for me. All right, so staying seated, let's try to sing this together. This is the scripture straight from Psalm 91. Your shield is strong enough for arrows. Your angels are covering me. And the expanse of the Lord is so wide that he can shelter us from any of the storm. Your wings, they're wide enough to shadow. Your arms.
army is fighting for me. Oh, and no attention to defeat, no more credit to the enemy. Cause he's a liar, right? No more. No more. No more. This is why. Cause God has sent his only son. He has conquered with his precious blood for us, for you and me. So, oh, his shield is strong enough for arrows. Your angels are covering me. I know it, I know it. Your wings, they're wide enough to shadow. Your army is fighting for me. Psalm 91, you now know scripture. Isn't that cool? Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. All right, here's Psalm 91 um, out of the message. And so why don't you stand up with me? And we're gonna, I'm gonna read this out loud. Just stand up with me. This is out of the message, then I'm gonna teach it today out of the New International Version. But here it is out of the message, Psalm 91. You who sit down in the high God's presence. Spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing, not wild wolves in the night or flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even though others succumb all around, drop like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched. Watch it all from a distance. Watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God is your refuge, the high God your very own home, Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes. You'll kick young lions and serpents from the path. If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God. Isn't that cool? If you'll hold on to me for dear life, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care if you'll only get to know and trust me. Call me and I'll answer. Be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you. Then throw a party. I'll give you a long life, give you a long drink of salvation. How cool is that? Have a seat. How cool is that? It's awesome. That is awesome. Absolutely. So the question is, is it possible 
to live on this earth without freaking out every day of your life? Is it possible to sleep through the night without waking up 17 times worried about whatever? Is it possible not to worry about running out of money? Is it possible not to worry about the future of our nation? Is it possible not to worry about the safety of our children? Well, Psalm 91 teaches us some great truths about that very context and God's opinion and God's point of view for those that are believers. We'll get to Psalm 91 in about three minutes. Two months ago, I was telling you some stories about David's mighty men. And I love those stories out of 2 Samuel chapter 23. And David's mighty men were incredibly awesome, to say the least. They made Denzel Washington in The Equalizer look like a wimp. I mean, these mighty men were amazing. And one of the guys was Josheb, and I told you about Josheb. He took a spear, and he actually killed 800 warriors with one spear. There's over 800 people in this room. This one guy, Josheb, would take 800 warriors with one spear and kill us all. There's another guy named Eliezer, also an Israelite. And Eliezer had the Israelite army. They all retreated, but he stood his ground. He refused to retreat. And the Bible says he fought so hard and so long that the sword actually froze to his hand. And they had to actually unleash the, the, the sword from his hand. There's another guy named Beniah. Beniah did all kinds of cool things too, but one of them was he killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. How would that look on your resume if you wanted to be like a secret service agent? I killed a lion in the pit on a snowy day. I think you'd win, don't you? And so I was telling you about those stories, and while I was studying that two months ago, I never noticed a phrase. And there was a phrase that just leaped out at me that has changed the way I think the last two months. And so I'm going to read you those verses and see if you can find a phrase in there that really speaks to you. 2 Samuel chapter 23. During harvest time, three of the 30 chief warriors came down to David at the cave of Adullam. Now, there's 30 listed here. There's another seven mighty men listed somewhere else. And so David had a total of 37 mighty men. While a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephaim. At that time, David was in the stronghold. Say that with me. David was in the stronghold. And the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water, and he said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three mighty warriors broke through the Philistine lines. If the king wants a drink of water, and even though there's all these Philistines in the way, we are three valiant warriors, we'll get it for him. So they drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, they carried it back to David, but he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. Far be it from me, Lord, to do this. Is it not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives? And David would not drink it. Such were the exploits of the three mighty warriors. And I got all caught up in the story about the mighty warriors, and I love that David's mighty men, and I missed it. I missed a phrase that will forever change the way you think. I missed a phrase that is your opportunity and it is my opportunity. And here it is in verse 14. At that time, David was in the stronghold. David was in the stronghold. What does that mean? What does that mean that David was in the stronghold? Now, in the New Testament, we're told to flee from strongholds, right? The New Testament mentions all kinds of strongholds that you don't want. 
You don't want the stronghold of sexual immorality. You don't want the stronghold of alcohol and drugs. You don't want the stronghold of bitterness or unforgiveness or jealousy. There's all these lists, piles in the New Testament, which tells us how to tear them down and tells us how to get away from them. That's absolutely right. That's not what he's talking about. When this Bible verse says, David's in the stronghold, it means that even though all hell has broken loose around David, you see, here's the deal. You can go to the church every Sunday and not be in the stronghold. You can go to Mass every Saturday night. You can throw up some Hail Marys. You can pray the rosary. You can go get baptized. You can tithe. You can be a connect group leader. You can do all of these things and miss the stronghold of God that is available for you. In fact, you can have all kind of food issues and still be in the stronghold and be safe. You can have all kinds of alcohol and drug in your family, and you can be in the stronghold and still be safe. You can have all kinds of things happen at work that are unhealthy, betrayal, deception, and you can still be in the stronghold, and you can still be safe. And I miss this. I've read over this passage time after time after time because I got all excited about David's mighty men and all these great stories and the warriors, and I miss the fact that David was in the stronghold. And you can be in the stronghold too. And I'm going to be in the stronghold. What's the stronghold? The stronghold is that secret place. It's that secret place where you have bowed the knee to Jesus Christ. It's that secret place where you know that you know that you know that every day God means more to you than anything or anybody else. It's not where you come to church. It's not where you tithe. It's not where you get baptized. The secret place, the stronghold, is where God dwells inside of you. It's always been God's dream. He lived in tents and tabernacles and buildings in the Old Testament. Today, he lives in you. And his whole goal is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And again, all hell is going to break loose around you. All hell is going to break loose. I've said that bad word now three times. All around you. I've gotten away with it at church. And, and, and it's going to happen. And yet you can still live in the peace and the presence of God. The question is, are you in the stronghold? Or are you outside of the stronghold? Now, you can only be at one place at one time. You, you can't be in more than one place, can you? You can't be at Clearwater Beach and be in this room right now at the same time. You, you can't do that. So in your life, right now, you're either in the stronghold or you're out of the stronghold. And it's really a matter of where you choose. So the stronghold, the safety, the security, the intimate place where Jesus Christ means more than anything else is that temple that he set up inside of you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And here's what's so sad for me as a pastor, is I realize that you're going to have trouble, but I also realize you're not going to tap into the stronghold. And what's so disturbing to me is, is after all these years, you're still going to look to Facebook, you're still going to look to a friend, you're still going to look to a drug, you're still going to look to a pain pill, you're still going to look to something else other than the Lord Jesus Christ to be in the stronghold. And you won't sleep any better. You won't feel any better during the day. 
You'll be just exhausted tomorrow as you are today. And, and next year, you'll be just exhausted as you are the next year and, and today. And what will happen with your life is you have to choose whether or not, not whether or not you're going to be a Christian. You're already a Christian. You've already given your life to Christ. But you have to choose whether or not you're going to live in the stronghold. And when David was in the stronghold, he was safe. Oh, he had enemies. He had Philistines all around him. But he was in the stronghold, and he was safe. I spent five years in Memphis not really sleeping through the night. Five long years of worrying and stressed and upset and trying to figure things out and make things happen and shaking and grooving. And all of a sudden, I realized, my goodness, I'm doing this in my own power. And you don't have to. And I don't have to. So here are the conditions. For David to live in the stronghold, there was a commitment and there was a condition. Here it is in Psalm 91, verse 1 in the NIV translation. Here's what he says. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, whoever dwells in the shelter is the same as the stronghold. When you and I think of the word shelter, we think about some shelter at John Chestnut Park, you know, that you can see through and, you know, you can blow up and steal people's food. I mean, that's not a shelter, right? That's just a little thing to get out of the sun. But, but this is a shelter like Fort Knox. This is like an atomic bomb that can't erupt. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, they're going to rest in the shadow. Now, again, we don't really think about the shadow because we don't really think about the heat because we have air conditioning. But if you lived in 130-degree temperatures out in the desert, the shadow was life. Or, or without the shadow, it, it was death. And so he's saying that if you choose to live in the shelter of God, which is the shadow of God, and the safe, the safe place of God, the stronghold of God, then he's going to be in your life. Doesn't mean you won't have trouble. Doesn't mean you won't have challenges. But it does mean that God's going to see you through does mean that God's going to provide a path and a way for you to get through those different challenges in your life. And so it's conditional. This is absolutely conditional. You can be a Christian and miss this. You can be a believer and miss this. You can be baptized and miss this. This has got nothing to do with your salvation. This is about living today in the peace and the provision and the protection that God has in store for you. Whoever chooses to live in the shelter of the Most High. David was in the stronghold. So let me ask you this question. The stronghold, again, is that secret place where Jesus Christ rules and reigns in your life, where Jesus is more important to you than anything or anybody else. It's not an addition. It's not a redheaded stepchild. It's, it's not something that you don't have. It, this is a part of your life. Whoever dwells, they get the rest. So this is conditional too. I'm going to say this. He's my refuge and my fortress. He's my God in whom I trust. Is there anybody that you would rather trust than God? Is there anybody bigger in your life than God? Is there anybody who has more resources and, and the ability to help you than your Heavenly Father? When you kind of think that through, the answer is no, isn't it? It's absolutely No. He is my refuge, my fortress. He is my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare. Those are the traps. And there's always traps. 
That's why the song starts off, he is telling lies, because the enemy always wants to trap you. It's his goal to trap you. Every day of your life, the enemy wants to trap you. That's why in the book of Revelation, he's called the accuser who accuses you day and night. And those accusations play, those tapes play over and over and over again in your head. And all of a sudden, you now feel bad, and you didn't even feel bad a while ago, but, but the tapes are playing, and the tapes are running inside of your head from the deadly pest. We'll come back to pestilence in just a minute. He will cover you, though. You go to the stronghold. You go to the secret place. Inside your heart of hearts, Jesus, I'm listening. Inside your heart of hearts, Jesus, you mean more to me than anything, more than my job, more than my peers. You mean more to me than anything in your heart of hearts. He will cover you with his feather. 